Welcome to the Truth For Today podcast with your host, Joseph Franta, international minister, speaker, and Bible school instructor. Stay tuned for today's episode. Welcome to another podcast of Truth For Today. I'm Joseph Franta of Joseph Franta Ministries. Uh, You can pull up our website, www.josephfranta, F-R-A-N-T-A, ministries, plural, .org. You can get all these wonderful podcasts on the book of Ephesians. Uh, We're in chapter five now, and uh, they've been, I think, very uh, helpful to people uh, that want to learn about how to walk with Jesus and how to walk in the spirit in this in this life, how to overcome, how to be equipped with uh, the Word of God. So I'm going to pick up on Ephesians chapter 5 where we left off last time. And uh, that last uh, podcast is called Discovering the Power and Walking in the Glory. So if you want to discover the power of God that's in your life through the person of the Holy Spirit living in you and you want to walk in the glory which is where God lives in other words you can walk in his presence that's what the glory is is God's presence Uh, it'd be a good one to listen to okay now picking up where I left off and uh, I'm not going to go into all of it but in verse 14 Paul is exhorting the church Uh, to awake sleeper and arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Wouldn't you love to have Christ shining on you? If you're a Christian, he's shining in you, but Paul says here that he will shine on you and he will shine on your way and he will show you the way that you should go with your life. So arise, awake sleeper and arise from the dead, that dead, lifeless religion, and Christ will shine on you with his revelation, knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Verse 15, therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise. Be wise, don't be foolish. Making the most of your time, don't be lazy, but redeem the time because the days are evil. We're living in very difficult times and the Bible says they're evil days. That doesn't mean everything is evil on the earth. It's not, but there's a lot of uh, evil doing going on. But what God created is wonderful, beautiful. It's not evil. It's good. Everything God created is good. But it's talking about society in general there. Verse 17, so then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. This is so important. The leper came to Jesus and he said, Lord, if it is your will, will you heal me? He didn't have a problem that God was able to do it, that Jesus was able to heal him. But where his issue was, 
Lord, if you're willing. He wasn't sure God was willing. Well, Jesus answered and responded to the leper in this way. He said, I am willing. Be whole or be healed. That was something for all the ages to remember, that he is willing, not only willing, but able to heal your life from the inside out. Every hurt, every pain, every scar, and then when he heals you on the inside, it's real easy to get your healing on the outside. Heal you of the bitterness, the resentment, the unforgiveness. God can do it all. He'll heal you every place you hurt. Jesus is the healer. When I was in Bible school, I had to read a book called Christ the Healer by F.F. Bosworth. If you can ever get a hold of that book, it's an old one. It'll really give you scriptural evidence and scriptural proof of God's will to heal. F.F. Bosworth was a tremendous uh, evangelist from Canada, and God used him mightily in the area of healing and, of course, winning souls. So then, verse 17, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. That's dissipation. Weakness. But be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit will fill you with so much joy, life, power, and peace, you'll never look at another wine bottle as long as you live. God's Spirit is that powerful. He can deliver you from any addiction, from any bondage. He can bring you out of death into life, bring you out of bondage into freedom. That's our God a God who is more than enough, meeting every need. He's redeemed us, the Bible says, from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Talking about Jesus Christ. In order that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, through faith. Tell you, you can have the Holy Spirit in your life. Wow. When the Holy Spirit came into my life, my life totally changed, and I was totally different than I was before I had the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the power of God. He brings the grace of God. The Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of glory, the Spirit of life, the Spirit of grace, the Spirit of holiness. He'll do it all for you if you'll just open up and ask Him to come into your life. The Bible says He gives the Holy Spirit to those who ask. 
And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. But be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, which is songs, and hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. You know, in the middle of a storm, in the middle of a terrible storm, you can be singing praises to God. <laughs> the world says, oh no, you can't do that. You have to be gloomy, depressed, in despair, or frustrated and angry by every circumstance that is befalling you. Oh no. You can learn to live above the circumstances, above the storm. You can soar and roar if you know God. And you can live in a place of victory every single day. Jesus, it says, has raised us up with him into victory and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Jesus gave us the victory. We don't have to work for the victory, sweat for the victory, toil for the victory, perform for the victory. No, Jesus gave us the victory through his death, burial, and resurrection. We, and the Bible says in Romans 6, and I don't have time to go in there today, but it says we were united with him in the likeness of his death so that we will be united with him in the likeness of his resurrection. Romans 6, 5. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. It says we've been raised up by the glory of God to walk in newness of life. Romans 6, 4, 5, and 6. We've been raised up with Christ to walk in newness of life. Doesn't get any better than that. We've been raised up with Christ out of defeat, failure, and despair, and depression, and rejection, and every other thing that assails mankind. We've been raised up with Christ into victory and triumph. We're the triumphant church. We're the victorious church. We're not the defeated church, the fearful church, the weak church. We're the glorious church, the powerful church, the triumphant church. It says, thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. Does that sound like we're defeated? No. Jesus put death and defeat under his feet. When God raised him from the dead, from the from hell itself. And he ascended after he rose to the right hand of the Father and he was seated at the right hand of the Father and guess what? We were seated with him. Where he is, 
right now, that's where we are. What's in him, what's in Christ, is in us, because he's in us. The Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. When we learn to take our place of authority, our seat of authority that he's given us in Ephesians 2.6, we begin to operate in his power, and we begin to operate in the authority of sonship. I know that's a term you don't hear taught very much, but beloved, now we are the sons of God, King James Version. We're sons, mature sons of God, joint heirs with Christ. And we have resurrection power in us because we've been raised up with him. We've been raised up with him. Romans 8, 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit, that resurrection spirit, the Holy Spirit, who dwells in you. You don't have any less the Holy Spirit than Jesus. Oh, brother, oh, that can't be. Oh, really? Well, then why does the Bible say we're supposed to be conformed to the image of his son? Conformity means, that word conformity in the Greek means to be like, just like. That's why the devil is so fearful of us, scared to death of the church if they ever discover who they are in Christ, that they have a place of power and authority with Christ, and they can exercise sonship authority over the powers of darkness on this earth. The Bible says the one who abides in him, in Christ, 1 John 2, 6, the one who abides in him, in Jesus, ought himself to walk in the same manner that he walked. Wow. The Bible doesn't lie. We can walk in the footsteps of Jesus every day. We can walk in overcoming life. We can live in victory, prosperity, healing, and be a light like he was to this world. Now he's the head and we're the body. Well, we're never gonna be the head, but we are his seed, his offspring, his descendants, the children of God, join heirs with Christ. Wow, I could go on and on about it. It's powerful stuff. Learning in him we have redemption. Redemption from sickness, disease, every kind of curse there is, the curse of of sickness, weakness, disease, poverty, failure. We're, we're delivered. 
It's a complete redemption. That's why the Bible says, and in him you have been made complete. That's past tense. We're not trying to be complete. No, we've already been completed in him the moment we accepted Jesus. We're just finding out who we are in him and learning how to walk in it. It says, verse 20, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. It's not talking about giving thanks for what the devil's doing. You know, if the devil, if you know, if, if you're suffering some sickness, disease, and some terrible financial problem, no, don't give thanks for that. Give thanks for the will of God, because listen to what it says. Always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, to God, even the Father. So you give thanks for all things that come from God. Not everything comes from God. People say, oh, you know, all things come from God. So, you know, if I have cancer, God must have put it on me. No, that's such a lie. That's such deception. God's a good God. In fact, if God put sickness on people, then Jesus was opposing God by healing them. Understand that. People say, well, you know, I got this sickness because God put it on me to teach me something. No, he didn't. The Bible says, you know of Jesus of Nazareth, Acts 10.38. You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Oh, don't mention the devil. Oh, well, there is the devil. There is a devil. But you know what? He's under our feet. We don't have to fear the powers or forces of darkness because Christ is in us, the hope of glory, and greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. But understand something. God's a good God. The Bible says in James, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father above with whom there is no variableness or shadow of turning. James 1.18, 19, somewhere around there. Every good and perfect gift, beloved, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father above with whom there is no variableness, you know, no change, or shadow of turning. So not everything that comes to you, against you, upon you is God. And you better wake up because you have an adversary. And the Bible says, be sober. 1 Peter 5, verse 10. Be sober. Be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion. He prowls about like a roaring lion. Actually, he's a toothless lion. He has no power over the believer, over the Christian. Prowls about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour with his lies. But resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. 
There's going to be some suffering, some tests and trials in this life. But understand, God doesn't bring them. They don't come from God. The storms of life do not come from the Father of glory, the God of all kindness and goodness, and the God of all mercy and comfort. Why would God be called the God of mercies and all comfort and then turn around and put sickness on you or cause a financial disaster in your life? That would be totally inconsistent with the word of God, with the word of truth. God is a good God, a great God. He said, ask of me and I'll give you the nations as your inheritance, even the ends of the earth as your possession. It says, I've loved you with an everlasting love. He says, if you'll ask, that he'll show you great and mighty things that you do not know. Most of it's in the Bible. Read it. Digest it. Meditate on it. Get it down in your heart. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding, human reasoning, human wisdom. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. It will be healing to your body. Acknowledging him and his word will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. I got to share this with you. <clears throat> Go to Proverbs chapter 4 since we're on this. You know, this is correct doctrine, by the way. This is the word of God. This is sound doctrine that will get you through the storms of life on the victory side. Look what God wrote in Proverbs 4 and verse 20. Oh, you need to memorize this, actually. My son, give attention to my words, not to the sickness, not to the disease, not to the symptoms. We don't deny that they're there. But God's word can overcome them. I've seen it too many times in my own life, my wife's life, my family's life. And when I pastored my church's life and traveling all over the world for many, many years, I've seen it happen in many, many countries. Listen to this little passage of wisdom. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart. You know, your heart is the rudder of your soul. It directs your mind, your will, and your emotions in the direction it goes. So make sure you have the right direction through the Word of God. 
Do not let them depart from your sight, God's word. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life. That word life is zoe, God's life. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their body. Some of their body? No. To your bones? Yes. To your mind? Yes. To your emotions? Yes. To your fingers and toes, too. Your eyes, your ears. Verse 23, watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. What's coming out of your mouth is stored up in your heart. And what you speak out of your mouth is what you have stored up in your heart. And the Bible says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So be careful that you speak in line with God's word. You don't have to be a machine. You know, you don't have to be whatever. I'm just saying, govern your speech with the word of truth, with the word of God. Okay, back here. I'm really enjoying teaching you today. I hope you're getting as much out of it as I am. Okay, back in, in five, we're, we're going to talk about marriage a little bit here. I'm not going to spend a lot of time with this. I'm certainly not an expert on marriage, but I, I, I have a successful marriage. I've been married 37 years, almost in a few months. It'll be 37 years. And my wife and I love each other. And we just like being around each other. We're around each other all the time, 24 hours a day most of the time. Wives, be subject to your husbands as to the Lord. This is not some kind of slavery or, uh, you know, submission by control. Oh, no. It's a, a willing, you know, just be friendly, submitted to your husband. For the husband is the head of the wife, according to the Bible, as Christ also is the head of the church. He himself being the savior of the body, for as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives should be to their husbands in everything. In other words, you know, respect your husband. Don't try to live independently of him is basically what this is saying. It's not saying you have to be a slave and uh, that you're controlled by your husband. No, that's wrong. All control is wrong. Now, husbands, love your wives. Now, this is where the husbands really need to, you know, they need to pick up here. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. In other words, be a servant to her. You know, men, if you would love your wives as Christ loved the church and serve them as Christ gave himself up for the church, on the cross, if you'd serve your wife, you wouldn't have any trouble. She'd love you. I mean, bring her flowers, bring her whatever. But the most important thing is bring her gifts, but the most important gift is the gift of love. Honor her. Highly prize her as one of the greatest gifts God's ever given you. 26, so that he might sanctify her, set her apart, 
having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. In other words, you know, enjoy a time of fellowship with your wife and the word. Don't, you know, whatever you do, men, don't consider yourself above your wives that you're the master and she's the servant. Oh, no. That is not biblical. It is not scriptural. It is not God. And your marriage will be a disaster. First of all, husbands, love your wives. Secondly, serve them. Thirdly, fellowship with them in the Word, washing them with the water of the Word. And he's, there's a parallel between Christ and the church here, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory. You want your wife to be in all her glory, inside and out. Buy her some new clothes, new jewelry. Take her on a trip. Buy her a new car or a better car. Fix up your house. Let her know she's important. Women love homes, by the way. Having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and blameless. We'll pick up here next time. But you know what? Marriage is one of the greatest blessings that God ever put on this earth. The relationship between a man and a woman in marriage is it's sacred. It's beautiful. It's lovely. It's wonderful. Do everything you can to preserve it. And remember, there'll be attacks at your marriage. There'll be storms at your marriage. But you stay strong, steadfast. Don't move. Don't yield. And you'll see God bring you to the other side of glory, beauty, peace, and prosperity. Thanks for being with us today. Truth for today, Joseph Frannan Ministries, have a great day.